the Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. The Free Speech Coalition. Podcast. You won't change hearts and minds by breaking funny bones. A few years back, I wrote and directed on a comedy show that very nearly got shelved before even making it to the screen. A controversial image from the set flew around social media, creating a media storm, after which the network, having already raised concerns over the show's tone, seriously considered trashing the whole thing. I remember the nervous wait as our producer took a meeting to persuade the powers of be otherwise. While I certainly wanted the work of our industrious and creative team and the comedian the show was conceived for to be seen, a part of me, the shock jock, the punk rocker, the arsonist, was privately hoping for the ban. A censored work has a mystique, an allure. Legends grow around banned books, films, and TV shows, and I would forever be associated with such a work. I imagine myself holding court, unable to contain a smirk, as I achingly teased out the show's salacious, too-hot-to-handle content to hungry ears. I wouldn't have given too much away. I may have even misled on purpose to add to the show's lore. A banned piece of entertainment would still have provided hours of entertainment through the narrative of its demise. And I'd thereafter carry a narrative with me also that I was a dangerous filmmaker, clearly more courageous or madder than most of my peers. A threat to polite society. While Indiana Jones was hunting golden idols on the big screen, I was hunting banned and restricted works. A huge one in my life was the Donna Summer edition of Playboy, which took a meticulously stage-managed foray into the bedroom closet of a friend's alcoholic, bad-tempered father while he slept nearby. It didn't disappoint. Another was horror classic The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which finally enjoyed a cinema release in New Zealand in the early 80s after a decade-long ban. A ban begs defiance, if only to prove that, in a democratic and equitable society, no man should deprive another a piece of art, no matter how controversial it may be. And yes, I was intuitively aware of the inherent prejudice of censorship at nine years of age. Looking back, my obsession with the forbidden was certainly political. In the wake of protests following the extrajudicial killing of George Floyd in the States, we've seen preemptive withdrawals from streaming platforms of some classic comedy series, such as Faulty Towers, and Little Britain by the BBC. This isn't surprising, as the new left's hostility to comedy is hardly brand spanking. If racism is the bull to our society's china shop, targeting comedy shows, regardless of how stiff they may play to contemporary ears, seems akin to frying a single sprat over the 13kg snapper laying on your bench. And what does a removal of a Faulty Towers episode signal to a wider public that activists wanting broad social change would surely want on side? That by targeting a universally considered great work, the woke are philistines with no respect for artistic quality. Your most beloved artwork may not be here tomorrow. Screw that. And that the promised disclaimers certain shows may return with assume us all stupid and unable to make basic moral judgments, such as identifying the dusty major resident in Basil's hotel as an old world racist. George Orwell said that any authoritarian West would be petty and annoying 
in comparison to the soul and bone-crushing Soviet Union. I call this plastic bag activism. Supermarket shopping has forever been made tedious due to forgotten bags and the subsequent parting with unnecessary shekels, and all to follow a state directive that will mean sweet in the grand scheme. Banning or even messing with comedy shows, too, will have no impact on racism. If anything, it distracts from real issues and won't create any new converts to the cause. In this way, contemporary activists, predominantly middle-class white kids with next to no direct experience in bigotry, are a cat's paw for the status quo and will never deliver up radical change. Despite their bluster, of which there is no shortage, they really don't seem to take racism very seriously at all. If you like this podcast and wish to support the production of more episodes, you can go to www.freespeechcoalition.nz forward slash join. Be sure to add us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any feedback, comments, or recommendations of other potential guests, email us at coalition at freespeechcoalition.nz. This has been the Free Speech Coalition podcast. See you next time.